is this not one? Hi, uh, hello and welcome to The Real World. Um, the new show hosted by UBC Film Society. All about cinema, mm. cinematic pleasure, and just the world of film in Vancouver. Mm. Uh, today, in the studio, we've got myself, Quincy, from Film Society. We've got our outgoing president, James. Also known as DJ Shock Jockey. Um, only to his close friends, yeah. And we've mm -hmm. also got John Tastad, our bookings representative. Say hello to the crowd. Um, so if we just kind of like, I figured for the first 15 minutes of the show, we could talk about uh, just the Film Society and what it does, what we get up to, and how we're trying to like reach out to the campus community and the Vancouver community in general. Mm -hmm. So James, care to fill in our listeners on what Film Society has been up to these past couple of years and even directions for the future? Indeed I can. So the UBC Film Society has been around for uh, about 78 years now. Uh, we run the Norm Theater, located in the sub. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, we also have our own club room uh, located in the sub as well. Uh, it's room 130, if you were curious. Uh, yeah, and we show mostly second-run films. Uh, we're going to be changing that up next year, though. We're going to be transitioning to uh, just showing basically any kind of film we want, whether it be contemporary or older. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a pretty good year. Um, yes, and if you guys wanted to, you could buy a membership, although it is a little late in the year, but we're not going to stop you otherwise. Um, and then, yeah, you could volunteer at the Norm if you'd like, or you could just come hang out by the club room. Uh, yeah, we got a website, ubcfilmsociety.com. You should check it out. It's got our schedule and all. Yeah, we do. I, I mean, we're a fantastic place to come and get involved in the on-campus community. Mm -hmm. If you're a fan of film in any kind of respect, making film, watching film, the even just talking about film yeah the projection of film as well we're all about like we run the theater on campus as james said mm -hmm. and we offer a number of volunteer like opportunities mm -hmm. so you can volunteer to train to be a floor manager you can volunteer to work the concession stand work the mm -hmm. door but also we offer training in the art i'm going to say of both digital and reel-to-reel -reel 35 millimeter projection, mm -hmm. which I think is a valuable asset for anybody to have because mm -hmm. it's a dying industry. Indeed it is. And we are always looking for new projectionists and floor managers as well. Mm -hmm. um, you can talk a little bit more about the changes that Film Society is planning on going through in the mm -hmm. over, over the summer. Uh, are, so we, are we legally allowed to speak about that yet? Oh, I believe oh. so. It's been voted in. <laughs> oh, yes. It's okay. all We've gotten confirmation all around mm -hmm. from UBC Copyright, from all the departments. Mm -hmm. So essentially, um, for the past couple of years, for the past as long as... I think it's about 15 years now we've been going like this. Yeah, we've been in second run theater for the past 15 years, um, which means basically that we show films that haven't been playing in Vancouver for a couple of months, mm -hmm. or as soon as they're no longer being played in Vancouver theaters, mm -hmm. uh, we will play them for people who I guess miss them. Mm, that's right. Um, and it's not been doing fantastically well for us, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. <laughs> nah, nah. Mm -hmm. no. um, so we're trying to become more of a film society, trying to... Mixing it up. Mixing it up. Trying to Turning become a new leaf. more of a cultural locus for cinephiles all over campus. Indeed. Um, so essentially we'll be collaborating with departments, mm -hmm. with clubs, with whoever wants to watch a film in the theater and under an educational license, as long as the film has some sort of educational merit. Mm -hmm. it, has, it has to be 
part of the Videomatica collection, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does, yeah. That's right, yes. The, uh, the Videomatica collection, for our listeners who don't know, uh, basically the Kerner Library located on campus uh, a couple of years ago now uh, was donated 30,000 films from uh, Videomatica, which was a DVD rental store. Uh, specifically, the 30,000 films that Kerner's got was uh, a bunch of fiction films, and there was also a large amount of documentary films sent to SFU. I'm not quite sure of that exact number. But, um, yeah, so just in Kerner's right now, there's 30,000 new movies there, and under this new licensing, we will be able to take out any of these films and show them in our theater. Uh, so, yeah. They're not even necessarily good. new, are they? Oh, no, they're not that new. Um, they Diverse. range from any year from, say, the beginning of cinema, like 1896 or so, till uh, probably about 2010, 2011-ish, you know? Should be uh, pretty good. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and also as Film Society, we prize ourselves on our ability to bring alcohol to the people, essentially. <laughs> so um, once yes. a month, we organize beer gardens where we show films of some nostalgic merit, mm-hmm. which people can relate to, people can kind of jive to. We allow all those 90s kids to remember the, you know, the dreams of being a child as they get drunk <laughs> about it, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And this Friday, tomorrow, I believe, <laughs> uh, we've got <laughs> our last beer garden of the year, um, which is my last beer garden, period. It's a Ouch. As well as me. Yeah. It's, it's an emotional an time for us. Yeah, James and I have been in the club for... Essentially our entire university exactly, career. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. In it from the beginning. And yeah. tomorrow we'll be playing... Anyone want to say the name? Drop the name? It is Pulp Fiction. Quentin Tarantino's second feature. Yeah, you all know it. Can we make that noise on there? Is there a soundboard? It's DJ Shock I'll take it under my... Okay. I'll take care of that but anyways yeah so we're playing pulp fiction tomorrow at our beer garden uh this beer garden is going to be in partnership with citr as well um so we have the doors opening at seven we're also going to have two bands playing uh you may have seen them at some of citr's fun drive events recently uh we're going to have listening party playing at 7 30 which should be pretty good and then we're going to start the film at eight we're going to play that for a little while and then we're going to have an intermission at which point the scuffs are going to play and we will be selling drinks all night, or at least until our liquor license expires. All night, which I believe is 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. 12 a.m. 12 a.m., yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I'm getting confused between my a.m. and my p.m. <laughs> um, but yeah, should be a good time. If you're a fan it's of CITR... It's for sure going to be a good it's time. It's most definitely going to be a good time. If you're mm-hmm. a fan of CITR, if you're a fan of Quentin Tarantino, if you're a budding fan of Film Society, come on out. Meet mm-hmm. some people. It'll be, it'll be a roar. Although, remember, this event is 19+, plus, so make sure you got two pieces of ID with you if you're coming. Absolutely. Um, and if you want to beat the queues, mm-hmm. uh, we are selling pre-sale tickets, both um, like online mm-hmm. and in our club room. That's right. Which is room 130 of the student room building, as James said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think it would be good to take a brief interlude and listen to... What's the like most notable song from that film mm-hmm. Chuck Berry's You Never Can Tell ah uh, yeah uh, that's no, f- classic featured in the dance scene perfect mm-hmm. between Vince Vega
And that's R E E L space W H I R L E D. Yeah, we're all we're all about wordplay at Film Society. Indeed, we are. are I was imagining it more like um, W H I R L apostrophe D, Ooh. like world. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about English is our use of apostrophes. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Well, we're back <laughs> talking about pop fiction, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about some kind of stylistic qualities or even like thematic qualities excuse me but uh maybe we could speak briefly to the kind of interplay in mm-hmm. tarantino's films between like the soundtracks are always so fantastic mm, yeah. but then you're always met with the kind of gruesomeness of mm-hmm. the violence it's always so kind of blam exactly almost cartoonish everywhere. in a sense cartoonish absolutely like i've never had to like leave a movie theater for kind of discomfort mm-hmm. except for watching Django Unchained mm-hmm. seeing the Mandingo fight where the guy's head gets crushed oh yeah oh. remember that? yeah no, no indeed I do yeah um, so what do we think about Tarantino's use of violence and kind of how gratuitous it may be he's spoken to it a lot this kind mm-hmm. of aspect of his filmmaking but mm-hmm. do we think it's over the top do we think it's superfluous or do we think it kind of is a necessary aspect of contemporary cinema, which needs to be shown. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, quite intertextual for him. He's always been influenced by exploitation cinema, which for our listeners who might not know what that is, exploitation cinema was uh, a genre of cinema that sort of started in the 30s and has been continuing on in various shapes and forms to the modern day, uh, in which the purpose is to just sort of exploit something, whether it be Ugh. sex or perceptions of uh, any sort of race or gender or anything like that. For instance, uh, one sort of subgenre of exploitation cinema could be Nazi exploitation, you know, something like that. But um, all these exploitation films would usually be relatively cheaply made. They have a lot of sex and violence as well. Uh, usually, rather good soundtracks, and you can always sort of see Tarantino's uh, homages of sorts in these films. For instance, uh, in Kill Bill, the death of one of the characters, Oren Ishii, uh, the whole fight scene and that happens is a reference to. Unfortunately, I've forgotten the name. It's a uh, sort of American uh, exploitation film from the 70s uh, with uh, like samurai and stuff like that. From what I've heard, it's rather good. I haven't seen mm-hmm. it. But, but yeah, he has all these various intertextual references to exploitation cinema, the genre that has clearly influenced him the most. I mean, for instance, like uh, Inglorious Bastards has obviously taken some influence from Nazi exploitation and stuff like that. Uh, Pulp Fiction, you can obviously see the Pulp Fiction influences. Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. What do you and what, what do you think the uh, audience is supposed to gather from that, James? From my little rant about exploitation cinema. Mm-hmm. What are what are they supposed to um, mm-hmm. having not necessarily understanding, you know, not being an under, understanding of that history? Mm-hmm. What what do you think he is? Why is he using that genre right. to translate something? Uh, for him, I think it's the genre he's certainly enjoyed the most. It's always been a genre that um, when you're watching it, you go like, oh, I can't believe I saw that, you know, kind of stuff like that. It's, uh, it's a genre that, how do I put it? It's not exactly for kids, but kids are going to be <laughs> watching it anyways kind of thing, you know what so, I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hit things on the nose quite a bit, and even, mm-hmm. like, his appropriation of exploitation into textuality mm-hmm. could even be seen as kind of like, don't give me that look, John. Could even be seen as some sort of... I don't know. He's bringing to like contemporary Hollywood this kind of very stylized, very visual kind of 
imagination of exclusive kind of sects of mm-hmm. art, things that have been lost in the past, but kind of this reappropriation of exploitation, this exploitation style. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm trying to, like, I'm lost for words for what the effect is, but it certainly has kind of, it stands out as this kind of vivid thing in the, mm-hmm. in the contemporary scene. I feel like, um, uh, I feel like, uh, the gratuitous violence, um, in his films actually, um, like, it's, like, very self-aware, I think is sort of what we're getting at. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense, like, as James mentioned earlier, it's cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I guess it sort of, like, transcends, um, attempting to, like, depict any any like real I'm I'm making like air quotes there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can um, verify that yeah so like uh, as opposed to uh, many depictions in film of violence where it's like attempting to look as like real as possible which I find like kind of uh, dare I say it problematic mm-hmm. um, uh, it is much more so like like an anime mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, television show um and so I don't think it's, like, real desensitization. If anything, it's sort of, like, exposing you to, like, the desensitization that you've experienced in, like, other, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, forums. Does that make Absolutely, sense? Absolutely, yeah. It does, yeah. Yeah, no. He brings that up a bunch. And even, like, mm-hmm. not even violence, but Mia Wallace at one point in the film overdoses on this kind of by mistaking Vinzega's heroin for cocaine. Mm. As uh, you do. Yeah, as you do, like, day to day. Um, and just goes, like, starts frothing at the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even another kind of image of the contemporary world kind of killing you in the same way that in Kiss Me Deadly, the, the woman bursts into flames. Mia yeah. Wallace kind of becomes rabid with this, mm-hmm. I don't know, b- by being addled with drugs. Mm-hmm. And nice. it kind of yeah exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of very kind of not crudely but very palpably imagines these issues with the modern world and kind of mm-hmm. on screen framed very kind of in front of you. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've waxed enough about Pulp Fiction (laughs) and like we should start talking about because as Film Society this year we're also um, polishing off our roster as a second run theater Mm -hmm. and so over the next couple of weeks we're showing a number of films Uh, this week we're showing Dear White People next week Mm -hmm. I believe Interstellar that's right and the week after There Will Be Blood Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, we're also going to be having a free pre-screening free to all students um next week on Wednesday, March 25th of The Riot Club, which is a British <laughs> film that came out last year. It played at VIF. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to it because I missed it at VIF. Um, but yeah, so you should come out to that as well as our other films uh, that Quincy just mentioned. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but on the topic of Dear White People, we're showing Dear White People because this week is Rule Out Racism Week, mm-hmm. so we thought it would be appropriate. And thoughts on Dear White People? I personally haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. the trailer looks fantastic. It sounds like a cool film. Mm-hmm. Um, any comments? Uh, I watched it a couple of days ago now, and I heard a lot of good things about it. I read quite a few good reviews, and I was looking forward to it. And watching the film, uh, while I would say it was a, a rather good film, I don't know if I if it sort of met my expectations. 
Um, if you're not aware, the film sort of concerns uh, five students at a fictional, I believe fictional, Ivy League university called Winchester University, um, who, uh, well, three of them are black. Uh, one of them is half white, half black, and one of them is white. And the film is just sort of about uh, racism in the modern day, as well as um, trouble with identity and exactly how people can sort of fit into modern social groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting film, though. I certainly enjoyed it. Why didn't it live up to your reputation or uh, up to your expectations? Uh, I would say, um, well, I'd heard that it was sort of a satirical dramedy, um, and I found that it wasn't really playing up the satire enough for me. Uh, I do enjoy my satire. Um, also, I would say, uh, how do I put this? Um, it was a little heavy-handed with the racism angle. I mean, I get that that was sort of the point of the film, but it was just kind of forcing it down my throat the whole time, and I, I feel like the problem there is with me, but still. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you may have just uh, answered your question there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I didn't feel like it was heavy-handed. I feel like um, it could have been mm-hmm. a lot more heavy-handed, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even been upset with it for doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... Uh, uh, I thought it presented like contemporary issues facing North Americans, well, like everyone, but like particularly mm-hmm. people our age. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we're not American, I mean, very similar mm-hmm. uh, relations or, apply in like uh-huh. a university like, climate Canada, like we're America's this. hat. Sure. <laughs> um, uh, I thought it like uh, dealt with like morality in like a good way in the sense that like nobody was really painted as a villain mm. or like a victim they were um, all very realistic characters with uh, good and bad qualities about them each yeah so um as opposed to like like it wasn't really attempting to sort of blame any single or person or group of people for like mm. the social ills facing a climate like uh winchester mm-hmm. um, was it set in the east coast I believe so. Um, it seemed like it was some sort of New England state, like Massachusetts or something okay, like that. It was ambiguous, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's a fictitious school. Mm. Um, but during the credit sequence, they had like a, um, a lot of, between like the names or whatever, they had photos mm-hmm. of um, like actual students from actual universities in the United States uh, in blackface. Mm. Um all like recent years from like 2011 yeah, like 2011 2012 is yeah so um as much as the uh i thought the film was quite funny um mm-hmm. uh but again like <laughs> <laughs> yeah like jesus Christ. Stop <laughs> um but yeah i don't know uh i thought like very very it didn't it was it was by no means perfect, but I think mm. very important. No, that's a fair approximation of it. Uh, what it came out last year? It came out last year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, if I'm correct, it did a bit of a run of all the indie festivals before getting a limited release later in the year. Mm-hmm. And what could you tell me about the director? Uh, the director's name is Justin Simeon. Uh, this was his first feature film. Uh, I don't know what he's done beforehand. Uh, I don't know if he's what he's got coming up next, but um, it certainly looks like he's got a decent career in front of him. <laughs> yeah, he wrote it, and I think he mm. produced it as well. Mm-hmm. So we got the production triple threat. Oh, it's kind of 
What's this on his uh? What's on the IMDb page right now? What would we do with I, without IMDb? He's young. How old is he? Thirty-one. Thirty-one. That's pretty yeah. good. Mm -hmm. good Too shabby. Um. <laughs> He's no Xavier Dolan, but still, it's impressive. <laughs> uh, I'm not recognizing anything on. Anything his. coming up in his director profile? No, not not in not anything in pre mm, okay. post production. Oh well. Forthcoming. Well, who knows? I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve. Oh, I'm sure. Still kind of making the rounds for dear white people, I imagine. Especially yeah. such like, I don't know. Just the other mm -hmm. week, it was came out that in a fraternity in I, th I think the University of Utah. Oh, was this the one where they were chanting the racist thing about? Yeah. How the, oh I no, mean, that was the University of Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, makes more sense. Alabama. Mm -hmm. Um, but like these very kind of like pertinent times for a film like this to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh yeah, most definitely. Mm. Um, like, yeah, fuck. Ooh, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there was this. Uh, there's this quote at one point in the film in Dear White People where uh, the dean is talking to the president of the school. Uh, the dean is black and the president is white, and the president says that racism is over in America. Uh, the only people who are worried about it are Mexicans, probably, <laughs> which I think just does go to show that I mean, racism really isn't over in America. It's you know that's sort of a big theme of the film is that even though uh, we think we've made such great advances in it, we haven't really. We've definitely come a long way, but, I mean, it hasn't completely gone away. It is still is a big problem in modern society. Absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> how does the film deal with even kind of the opposite struggle? Um, mm -hmm. So she becomes president of the only all-black yeah, house on campus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that kind of is met with controversy on campus, correct? It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, but kind of like, do they make any allusion to some sort of, I don't know, black nationalism, which has kind of been met with a lot of controversy in the past, like kind of ultimately in the mm -hmm. direction of good means, but kind of overshooting them a lot. I'm not... I'm not sure if any of us really have like the um, I wouldn't say wherewithal so, mm, to yeah. talk about black nationalism, mm, yeah. so maybe we should avoid that. <laughs> um, yeah. There's definitely a there's a comparison between Sam, the other character who's elected president of the residence, uh, to being an anarchist. Um, she's often called an anarchist quite a few times in the film. Um, yeah, like she's sort of a this person who like stirs up a bunch of trouble. She gets people talking. Uh, and yeah, mm -hmm. it's just the kind of person she is. And I think uh, what was important thematically about that um, was that, as I said, like the the film wasn't um, so much a critique of any individual as mm -hmm. um, like a critique of systems of power, like the mm -hmm. university okay. um, bureaucracy, like American bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like a big thing in the film was like, you know, we have like a half black president, but like these mm -hmm. these issues still are running rampant. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, as an anarchist, her role was sort of, um, in the end, just to, like, give a, a few to... Just to, like, shake it up kind of thing. Well, yeah, the the powers that be is, um, mm -hmm. uh, like, institutionally rather than, like, any, any mm -hmm. dudes. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, very similar to The Wire in that regard, in my opinion, which was a great TV show. It was all just sort of about, um, like, the relationship between cops and criminals and uh, the sort of drugs uh, in Baltimore. And it was just sort of a criticism, not on the particular people or anything, but just uh, the society and the system they were all working in and just how it sort of led people to this and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's a very good show. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, fantastic show, yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, okay, well, we're gonna play a couple more PSAs mm -hmm. for you here. Um, and just stay tuned. It's this is The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. Mm -hmm. AMS Food Bank. Your access to money during the studies at UBC will most likely be limited, but it is a priority of the AMS Food Bank to ensure your access to food is not. The AMS Food Bank provides emergency food relief seven days a week for all UBC students to volunteer with the Food Bank or for inquiries about how to take advantage of the services provided. Contact them at foodbank at ams.ubc.ca. For more information, find the AMS Food Bank on Facebook or feel free to visit anytime across from the Wellness Center and Sprouts. Are you not sure where to go on campus? Traveling late at night and afraid to go alone? Call SafeWalk, a free service where a co-ed team will take you anywhere you need to go on campus. Don't walk alone. For a walk, add SafeWalk to your phone. Call 604-822-5355. That's 604-822-5355. Alternatively, use a UBC Blue phone and ask for SafeWalk. Approach any SafeWalk team or drop by our office on the main floor of the sub across from the gallery lounge. Back with you, CITL 101.9 FM, The Real World. Mm -hmm. It is now 10 to 9, Thursday morning. Why? Oh, oh, no. There, you go, there we go, yeah. 10 to 9. listeners must be getting to work around now if they're not already there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I imagine so, yeah. And if they've got, they're wondering for plans for the weekend, we've got our big on this Friday. Mm -hmm. We're both are showing. Dear white people, um, tonight, mm -hmm. uh, most the times, definitely. I believe, are 7 and 9.15, 9.15, indeed, yeah. Um, yeah, and then other films we've got on our roster. So, Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed the film. I did, too. Yeah. Wasn't my personal favorite of his, but still quite good. No mine, but yeah. Who cares? Some it fantastic was, um, shots. It was quite spectacular. Mm. Well, well shot and, like, um, good old-fashioned, mm -hmm. like... Uh, End of positive, the positive message escapism, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which yeah. is very much a philosophy. I would say uh, I agree with escapism yeah. for sure. Mm. Okay, I mean, <laughs> to just go for it. To learn more about escapism, <laughs> tune in next week at eight a.m. on CITR one hundred one point nine FM. Well, we will be talking about escapism, I assume. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, cool. Um, and then after that, we've got there will be blood. So mm -hmm. we've kind of been showing a roster of. At least these past three weeks. How many times do you think you've said roster since we've been I on the air? I reckon that was the third time, Joe. Mm -hmm. Maybe fourth. I think third. Um, but yeah, we've got this new mandate now to show what we'd like. So we've been showing with uh, mm -hmm. Tarantino. We've shown a number of Tarantino films over the years. Mm, that's right. uh, he's a fantastic director. Mm -hmm. uh, we've polished off our David Lynch retrospective for the that's year. Right, yeah. But throughout the year, we were showing a number of David Lynch Mm -hmm. Films, Blue Velvet, Wild at Heart, Mulholland Drive, yeah, mm -hmm. classics. Mm -hmm. But um, you probably missed all of them. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not, not antagonize the let's not antagonize the listeners, John. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not just speaking the, speaking the truth. They've still <laughs> yeah. there's probably like one or two that did go and see them. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's 
They've still got side. they've still got all of next year though when mm -hmm. we will be showing mm -hmm. on an educational license and movies will be th free as long as they're a member of film society mm -hmm. and memberships only cost five dollars so this is literally the cheapest like movie theater you could go to yeah wow mm -hmm. yeah that's mind blowing yeah let's just mm -hmm. take a minute to think about how crazy it is that you mm -hmm. can see a movie in Vancouver for. Like five dollars at the most. Mm, yeah, yeah. For five dollars a year, essentially. Yeah, mm -hmm. infinite movies. Five dollars a year. That's yeah. crazy. In a beautiful theater. In as a well. beautiful theater. We just yeah. figured out how to get the ambiance with the side lights. Mm -hmm. mm, that's really, really nice people. Usually, mm -hmm. not all of them, but for the most part, most people <laughs> yeah. who volunteer are like really good people. You're talking about that's me, right? right. Yeah. Um, you know, deals on popcorn sometimes. Um, mm. Made your own combo Sundays. Yeah, we Ooh, really yeah. like to let it slide at Film Society. Um, we're good to our patrons. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, if you've enjoyed this kind of, like, film powwow, uh, our club room is open mm -hmm. near constantly. I know I'm in there probably too much. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we're always open to come and discuss film. We've got a number of people yeah. a lot more knowledgeable than I. Yeah. Film <laughs> studies majors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Art history majors. Yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> Even some English majors. Just a few, yeah. And we've got quite the library. If you miss Pulp Fiction this Friday and mm -hmm. have enjoyed our little outline of it, mm -hmm. um, we've got it on Blu-ray now. Indeed we do. And you can watch it at your whim. Mm -hmm. uh, and if we don't happen to have that one particular film you wanted to see in our library, guess what? We got Netflix too. Netflix as well, yeah. Netflix mm -hmm. has got... Quite the roster. Indeed, they do. There's like an Xbox in there too. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I'd like to be clear. This is an original Xbox, not an Xbox 360 or an Xbox One. Once again, yeah. nostalgia. It's currently a point of contention in the club. Mm. Um, we're not sure if we're going to keep it. We've not discussed it too much, though. Do you not want to? Uh, it just makes the club room feel a bit too much like a living room. I think. Mm. Isn't that what's awesome about the club room? Um, it's what what's awesome to a degree. It's I a home away from home. Exactly, mm -hmm. and the way I live at home is disgusting. <laughs> You're mm. right, it, it is pretty disgusting. Yeah, Come to room John 130 knows. in the sub. You can join our hey. debate about getting rid of our Xbox. Uh, yeah, um, we've only got six minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, he uh, doesn't know how to play music. I know how to play music. <laughs> okay, we're still on air. Can you not? Uh, can you not swear, Quincy, on air? I did not swear. <laughs> yeah, you did. I don't think I did. Okay. For all our dedicated <laughs> listeners in the future, this is going to be one of those collectible first episodes. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be exclusively. You can say you were there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Should rename the show the Blooper Real World. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Uh, <laughs> man, I wish we could edit like films. There's a reason they've been edited to perfection. Mm, yeah. Well, I just feel like if we had like a sound effect board, this could be like a lot more I don't entertaining think I'm the for me. To speak to about that, unless they have some sort of online sound effect board. Mm -hmm. There's got to be one. Shock Jockey. I swear, I will make it my mission <laughs> in life to find a sound effect board. Um, I want to make it my mission in life. To stop you from calling us yeah, on so DJ Shock Never <laughs> call you DJ Shock Jockey ever again. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. 
Come to room 130 in the sub. Join the debate. Should I be DJ Shock Jockey? There is no debate, James. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> put a hard no on that one. <laughs> um, but come to the club room anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hope to see you all this Friday, mm-hmm. tomorrow. 8 p.m. film, can, 7 p.m. doors. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, see our lovely radio faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Faces built for radio. Indeed. <laughs> Is that a compliment or an insult? Just a bit of both. Just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, voices built for radio. Ah. Dulcet tones. Yeah, no. Ooh. You do have a good voice. You do. Mm-hmm. You too, James. Well, I don't know about you. mine. Oh, you've got a nice oh, voice. Mm-hmm. You, lilting. Um, yeah. Oh, um, thanks. I'm sure listeners by now have realized that we're new to this racket. Mm-hmm. We're still kind of acclimatizing. But you know what? Um, Everyone's got to start out somewhere. I mean, Howard Stern probably had a show like this one day back in 1982 or whenever he started. And look at him now. Yeah, I don't know or if I want to go down that road specifically. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, DJ Shock Jockey. <laughs> um, and also, speak for yourselves. I spent a lot of time as a child pretending I had a radio show on um, my mm. grandmother's, like... Uh, Hand? No, like, boat quarter. What are those called? Like, oh, uh, dictaphone? She, yeah, ah, she had a dictaphone because she was, like, afraid of early onset Alzheimer's. Oh, I but see. I sort of co-opted it for my radio show with my sister. Um, I had a dictaphone because I was afraid of not having friends. So I'd speak to my dictaphone. About not having friends or so that you could listen? Just so like I could talk. speak to anybody. So the dictaphone was your friend? The dictaphone was my friend. Ooh. Wow. Cool. We're it getting a, a little objectophilic here, I think. Um, this is worrisome. I mean, it wasn't my love companion. It was a pal. Okay. <laughs> I would confide okay, in it. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we're close to done. I'm mm-hmm. gonna On that note, Quincy talking about... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'll play a PSA for Kaleidoscope Mental Health. But before we do that, I'd just like to remind you all to check out our website, ubcfilmsociety.com. Uh, we also have a Facebook page and a Twitter page. If you wanted to buy tickets for our beer garden, you could go to either of those. And we hope to see you at our beer garden for Pulp Fiction with CITR tomorrow. Absolutely, yeah. This has been The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. DJ Shock Jockey out. (laughs) Has mental illness or addiction touched your life? You might be interested in coming out to the Kaleidoscope, UBC's first and only student-created, peer-run mental health support group at the university's Vancouver campus. They offer a stigma-free place for people to share their stories with others going through similar experiences. The Kaleidoscope meets every week on Tuesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. at the Center for Student Involvement in Brock Hall. Learn more at the-kaleidoscope.com. Come and feel our positive energy at Falun Dafa Fellowship. Falun Dafa, also called Falun Gong, is an ancient spiritual discipline based on the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. It's a self-cultivation practice that improves mental and physical wellness through meditation and simple exercises. It's been well documented to improve mind and body, relieve stress and anxiety, 
increase energy and vitality and promote morality and spirituality. Why not give yourself a chance to learn free of charge? To learn more, please visit our website at falandafafellowship.com. Attention grad students, share your research, find out what's going on in other disciplines, approach your work from a new angle. Check out Fire Talks, the interdisciplinary discussion forum sponsored by the Research Commons at Kerner Library. Visit bit.ly slash firetalk for more information. Interested in NGOs or the nonprofit sector? Want to teach in another country? How about a position in the commerce or engineering sector? Do you want to travel abroad and have a life-changing experience? Isaac UBC offers different internships for all kinds of specialties. We are looking for students interested in fields such as the HIV AIDS pandemic, community empowerment, business administration, education, environment, and sustainability, and much more. If you're interested in working abroad or helping out on campus, please contact ubc.aiesec at gmail.com. That's ubc.aiesec at gmail.com. It's up to you. AMS Food Bank. Your access to money during the studies at UBC will most likely be limited, but it is a priority of the AMS Food Bank to ensure your access to food is not. The AMS Food Bank provides emergency food relief seven days a week for all UBC students. To volunteer with the Food Bank or for inquiries about how to take advantage of the services provided, contact them at foodbank at ams.ubc.ca. For more information, find the AMS Food Bank on Facebook or feel free to visit anytime across from the Wellness Center and Sprouts. Welcome to community.